0: Hello and welcome back to the Grace Field's Wife Podcast. And I'm so excited to bring this episode to you guys this week. Honestly, as I sit and listen back to this conversation, I was so personally blessed by it. I think I was in a different headspace when I recorded it. This was recorded a little while ago. And when I listened back to it today, it just really brought me so much clarity on Some things that I personally have been struggling with. So I think this is going to be an amazing episode for you guys. In this episode, where I talk to Rosa Alejandro and we talk about some of the practical things we can do to have an intentional Christian marriage. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? struggling to connect with your husband maybe you're telling yourself you're just sticking it out for the kids and what really keeps you in the marriage is god if this is you i've been there my story is your story i want to help you reconnect in marriage and feel cherished again Hey, I'm Beatrice, a Jesus-loving wife and mom. I've been married for 15 years, but for the past 10, I've actually had the affectionate and connected marriage I've always dreamed of. What happened the first five years? Well, I was busy telling my husband all the things he was doing wrong, like how he needed Jesus and he needed to make me happy. We tried marriage counseling, small groups, all the things we were told that would make our marriage better nothing worked and we separated. How did I turn it around? Well, that's what you'll learn in this podcast. Proven skills to communicate better, create more intimacy, and be a grace-fueled wife. So if you're ready to finally communicate effectively with your husband so you can stop fighting and be on the same team again, this podcast is for you. Now grab that journal and let's jump right in. Real quick before we get started, have you checked out gracefieldwifecall.gra.com so you can get your 30 minute free call with me and we can talk about how I can go ahead and help you in your marriage today? So, whether that is in your communication, whether that is understanding your husband. Perhaps seeing him at a different light, really learning to feel more loved and connected with him, understanding that we can't change him, but there is so much that we can do on our own to bring back that love, that fire, and that connection in our marriage. Go ahead and check it out. com. It's free, 30 minutes. We are going to chat about your exact situation, and I will let you know how. I can help you, or if I can help you at all, if I think that maybe your situation is not something that I would specialize in, then I will just go ahead and refer you to some other resources. But either way, it's a free conversation with me. And so far, my clients have really been enjoying that piece, and it has really brought a lot of clarity for them. So check it out, gracefueledwifecall.gr8.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome back this week. I am so excited to introduce to you this week's guest, Rosa Alejandro, but she goes by Rosie. She is a certified mindset coach, educator, and spiritual growth mentor. She helps busy Christian women create a Bible study routine to deeply connect with God. She is the creator and the host of the Intentional Christian Woman podcast, which is a top 1.5% globally ranked podcast. That is huge, guys. Huge. Rosie believes that in order to find true inner peace and grow in our faith, we must connect with God daily through his word. She's learned this lesson through her own spiritual walk when, in two thousand eight. She drifted from her faith because she started believing the enemy's lies and slowly allowed the worries of the world to choke her faith and her motivation to be in God's word. By God's grace, her faith was restored in 2012, and since then, she has developed effective Bible study routines that help her stay in close connection with God. She believes it's possible to connect with God every day through Bible study, even when time is limited. She loves helping women get focused, energized, motivated, and connected in order to grow their most important relationship. Oh my goodness, Rosie, I am so happy to have you on the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I know that you're going to just bring so much good stuff for our audience this week.
1: Thank you, Beatrice. I'm really, really honored to be here on your show. Yes.
0: So you host The Intentional. Christian Woman Podcast. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. How long has this podcast been uh around? Is this new? I'm sure my listeners are like, wait a minute, what? I mean you heard about it.
1: <laughs> So this podcast, I actually started the podcast in May of 2021. Uh, and it has since changed two times, two titles. So this is the third season. And third title um, by by Ways of Just Prayer and just listening to what God, the direction that God wanted me to take the podcast and the audience that God wanted me to speak to through my own life and example, and all the things that I've learned, and especially how He has helped me to have so much clarity into who it is that He wanted me to speak to and what it is that He wanted me to speak about. So really this particular season more than any other year. You're going to hear more episodes about what I actually talk about now and especially honed in specifically to a Bible study routine. So needless to say the the podcast has transitioned quite a bit, uh, but now I think is where I believe is where God wants me to be with the podcast.
0: I love that. I love how God gives us a word and we take a step in faith in that then- sometimes you know he has to correct us and redirect us and really for us the answer is it's just saying yes and taking the next step and taking the next step so i love to hear how you've just said yes and taken the next step to go into that journey now i know because you and i run in the same circles so we learn how to do podcasts the same way and you do it so well and I know that your title, The Intentional Christian Woman, is something that is really meaningful to you. So can you tell my audience, what does it mean to be an intentional Christian woman? Well,
1: for, uh, for the show in particular, to be an intentional Christian woman is to be intentional in her pursuit of God. Basically, the idea is that the woman who is intentional with her relationship with God is a woman who pursues her relationship with God with a plan. So I believe that having a relationship with God is not on accident. It is intentional. You have to be able to plan your times with God. And I'm not saying like, I'm a teacher, right? So I'm not saying like, do a lesson plan, like a lesson plan for God, like, or have an outline of what your times with God or Bible study with God is going to be like, not at all. What I mean is that you have to be intentional about when you're going to spend time with God and really Consistent in spending your time with God. Not perfect, hear me out, not perfect, but consistent. In order to be consistent, we have to develop a routine which eventually will lead to a habit. So being intentional with our relationship with God is super crucial for so many areas of our life, including in our marriage, and particularly in our marriage, because I'm also a married woman, happily married for almost seven years. And I was married before. I'll save a little bit of that story a little later and lessons learned there. But I've been married for almost seven years and I have three beautiful children. But just, you know, when you're a mom, you have all this stuff going on. You're a wife, you're trying to do, you you have a full-time job as I do. I have a teacher, full-time teacher, and I'm also a coach. And so, and run my own podcast like you do, Beatrice. And so, you know how busy things get, right? And so you have to be intentional. This is why I named the show, God put it on my heart to name the show The Intentional Christian Woman, because we do have to be intentional. Just like we have to be intentional in our marriage, to try to make our marriage work through active communication, through praying together. If we're both Christians, because I do have a story where my husband before was not a Christian for a time, so I know what that's like as well, just like you do, Beatrice. But either way, we have to be intentional with our relationship with God or else nothing around us will really work.
0: Wow, thank you for that. And like, what I'm hearing uh, from what you're saying is that we have to have almost like a spiritual discipline in um, our walk with God. And it's funny because when we talked for your show, I uh, talked about what my own spiritual discipline is. And I teach that in uh, my course. I talk to my students about like creating a grace-fueled routine. But there's so much more behind that. I know one of the things that you said is that having this routine, being intentional about our walk with God can do wonders for your marriage. So can you tell me how would having the spiritual discipline cause your marriage to flourish?
1: Well, I'll I'll start by saying what works now and what did not work for me back then. That way you can understand why it's so important to have this spiritual discipline of Bible study and also of prayer, which I'll talk about as well. So one of the things that, um, well, just to kind of give you a little story, a little backstory, and I'll make this super short, but I was married many years ago for pretty much seven years. <laughs> That's why I'm like, I hope this isn't, you don't get the seven-year itch, baby, to my husband, jokingly, right? <laughs> because, you know, my ex-husband, it was his decision to to leave. And so that that was a tough time, I will say. Yeah. We're friends now. Everything's good. All's forgiven. We're great partners in parenting. And everything's like, just God is good and peaceful. And even my husband now is friends with him and I'm friends with his wife. So that's another story. And only God can do that. But I will say that being married, uh, you know, I was married to him when he was a Christian. So we did get married as Christians. And we both shared the same convictions about reading our Bibles and praying and things like that and attending church and being active in our church and, and even in leadership. So he was a very spiritual man. But about four years into our marriage, he started struggling in his faith. And so that's where he was, you know, eventually, like within about a year, he basically became uh, agnostic. Like he said, I really don't know if there is a God and I really don't care right now. And so for that time, for about almost a year, I was married to someone who was not a believer. So I got to experience those both sides. And that was really, really hard. But one thing that I will say is that what I learned is so During the beginning time, I did stick to my Bible study routine, which I had back then, and I prayed. But as life got harder, as it got harder to connect with him, like I I would connect with him in other ways, but it was hard to talk about. We couldn't talk about God like we used to. We couldn't really talk about church things because he wasn't going to church and I was. Um, I had a lot of things going on, too. I was just a, a new mom of my second child, so that same year or the year before, um, so I was in 2007. I gave birth to my second child. I was I changed careers to teaching from social work. So I had to learn how to be a teacher. I was also doing this class in college towards another career that I was thinking of at the time, which I actually ended up changing to teaching. And that was a really really tough uh, time. There was a lot of things going on, uh, and then and then of course just your your husband is like, well, I don't really know if I believe in God anymore. So all these things were happening, and I you know driving the distances that at that time church was 40 minutes down. So Sundays, and then not really opening up to the other um, sisters around me, even though I had friends around me and they knew what was going on, uh, more or less. I mean, I only opened up so much and that was really to my detriment for not doing that, for not really opening up and getting help. But I think the most important thing that really, really, really I learned from all that is that I noticed as I reflected back on that time, when I started going through hard times, I started kind of steering away little by little from the Word of God. I started reading the Bible less. I started praying less, depending less on God, being less connected with God. And so that experience taught me and actually helps me with my marriage now, which God has blessed me with an amazing man of God who we are both faithful and strong to this day, and also leaders in the church as well. But my lesson is this, is my own personal walk with God needed to no matter what was going on around me, needed to be strong. If my husband, and I always tell him before we got married, if my, as I said to you, even before we, I think we were even engaged, I said, if this ever proceeds to something further, just know that Jesus will always be first in my life. Like, and he's like, of course, me too. Of course, because he shares the same convictions. But I have to tell him, like, if you decide to leave God one day and we're married, like, know that I'm not leaving you and I'm not leaving God. And so you will have to walk away. You'll have to, but I am not leaving. I'm going to fight for this, but I'm going to have God first. And I'm not going to put you as an idol like I did with my first husband at the time. I will not do that. I had deep conviction because I learned a lot. So one of the ways that I really believe that, and again, talking about spiritual disciplines is studying your Bible every single day to a degree. Like, again, we can talk a lot about, you know, methods and stuff like that that will save you time and things you can do to still connect with him. but. I believe very strongly that you have to be in the word and you have to connect with God with with hearing from him and, of course, praying, because isn't that the kind of communication we have with our spouses, hopefully, that we talk to them every day, that they talk to us, that they listen to us, we listen to them. Otherwise, how is that a relationship? So that's my take on that.
0: (laughs) I love that. And I think there is um, so much in your story that I want to unpack. Because I was like, oh, 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 and I was like, I'm not not, going to interrupt her. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) But I heard a lot in your story. And my question was about how can having the spiritual discipline help your marriage flourish? And I think you did a great job of answering that, but, but what I... Wanted to dig in a little deeper. The other part of your story that I heard that I think is really going to resonate was you were in a happy marriage. You were both believers. Mm -hmm. And then that shifted. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a story that, you know, a lot of my listeners that might resonate with them. Because so often I hear either their husband is an unbeliever or maybe his faith is not as strong. I mean, that is one like right under communication. It is probably one of the most common things that wives come to me with. And um, and I think it also resonates with me because I have a similar story. My husband hmm. was an unbeliever as well. Um, and so I wanted to unpack that a little bit because mm-hmm. if you... Again, not taking anything away from your current marriage. Like, God is so amazing and good and gracious to us. Mm -hmm. He would redeem that story for you and bring you a man who loves you and cherishes you and is going to treat you the way that you deserve. But your story of your ex-husband leaving and that being really difficult, like, That's heart-wrenching for people. And I don't want to just gloss over it. What I would like to do is give the listener an idea of you walked through something that many of them maybe are walking through, something that I walked through. For me, I was fortunate in that my marriage was reconciled. But for some of them, they might be in a place where they're looking Maybe their marriage is not going to be reconciled, so could you if you are okay with sharing yes course, absolutely could you talk to me a little bit about some of the things maybe that you looking back that maybe you would have done differently in that time? absolutely, so first of all, even right
1: before that time of struggle, what I would have done differently to even help my husband, i guess as and again, he's responsible we're all responsible for our walk with God, right, but What would have helped, I think, both of us, and I think his walk as well, is having what I do now with my husband, which is praying often and sometimes even reading the Bible together. Um, That's something that we did not do very often in my first marriage. So it was, even though we were both believers together, we didn't do too much of that. It was more rare than usual, um, again, in contrast to now. So I think that would have... Mm -hmm. I would ask
0: quickly, though, Mm -hmm. do you think... When you said that that maybe that's something you would do differently, do you think that was a factor of where he was in his faith, or no? No, he was strong in his faith; he just weren't. Yeah,
1: we just we just didn't. We were young, you know. I was twenty. I was what twenty two, twenty three when I got married, and it was we were so young, and we were just you know we were really active in church again in leadership. We were helping the youth and family ministry at that time. And so although we both did a lot together, we didn't really do the reflection in God a lot together. Again, not it was sometimes every now and again, but it wasn't the focus of our marriage. We both very independently had our own little walk with God. And there's nothing wrong with that. You, you need to have your independent walk with God. But I think it's very important that you have times together. Again, you're one. When you get married, you are one. And you you got to have intentional times with your spouse where you say, OK, let's pray for anything, like even for most decisions or even on our drive to church every Sunday, I pray with him, praying on the road for safety always, like all that stuff we pray often, often. Prayer is probably what we do more than Bible study together, but we do Bible study sometimes as well together. But I will say, I don't think that that was the cause of his walking away. I think Definitely, it would have helped unite us more in that sense. But I think what I would have done, going back to your question, like what I would have done differently, perhaps, you know, I think that for me, I and talking about me because I know you you believe in this very much, Beatriz, is that you have to and I'm with you there. You have to focus on your walk with God, no matter what's going on around you, even if your spouse is struggling. So I did not do that very well. I let the circumstances dictate my walk with God. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. And then when I said earlier, when I told my husband now, before we got married, you will not become my idol. Of course, he's happy hearing that because he's spiritual like I am, and he doesn't want that either. But I feel like that's kind of what happened. You know, I made him my idol. He was my idol. And that is what we have to be so careful, right? That's what I would do differently. I would be like, no, Jesus is my only idol. <laughs> like yeah. he's my God. He's not my idol. He's my God. Like Jesus is my Lord, right? God is my my father. And so no matter what your spouse goes through at the time, you got to hang on to God. And, you know, and it's it's easier said than done because I know I've been there. It is hard. And for the women who are hearing this right now, I want to tell you, my sister, that if you are still faithful and walking with God and still married after whatever amount of time your your spouse is not or have not been a believer or is not a believer, you are my hero. Mm-hmm. You are my hero. Hear me out. You are my hero because I did not do that. I only lasted maybe about eight or nine months in that space. And then I started like drifting. Well, I was already drifting a little bit and then slowly drifting away. To the point where I was just not at all in a relationship with God myself. Although I know God was always with me, I did not have any interest in him. I wanted to do everything my way. I was brokenhearted. I wanted to pursue other relationships and all the other sinful life that I pursued during the time after we got divorced. And I made a lot of mistakes with living that kind of life. But see what happens, it started with me veering away from God's word. And ultimately, disconnecting from God.
0: Wow. Thank you. That's uh so powerful of a, a story and a testimony because and I say testimony because the the fact that you found your way back home mm-hmm. and God still redeemed it. Like that's a testimony, right? So I, I just I love how how beautiful that is and just the idea of yeah you have to stay close to God. In that time, I mean, that's one thing that I I talk to my clients about that, like the one thing that they can control in this moment, right? If they're in the midst of a a separation or in the midst of whatever, I mean, I've seen like all kinds of things uh, with my clients. The one thing that they can control is their relationship with God. And for every single one that I see them stick close to him, like, like glue, right? they regardless of the external circumstances you can see the inner peace within
1: them yeah they
0: may be brokenhearted and crying but there's an inner peace knowing my god has my back and i think for me that was the one thing that i was able to do during my separation that doesn't mean i was perfect i was definitely going out and partying some nights some weekends that Oh, you took my daughter for the weekend? Great. Now I'm going to go out and party, like during her separation. But it was always a a coming back and always a, wait a minute, what am I doing? Like, that's actually not the life I want to live. So I never strayed too far away. So I thank God for that. But that is one thing that I see as a common thread and a common denominator of marriages or really women who are able to thrive in this season regardless of the outcome. Um, and then one thing that you mentioned that I, I wanted to ask again, I was like, oh, and I was like, I'm not going to her. One of the things that you mentioned is that when you talked about praying together or doing Bible study, what came up for me was, oh, so what you've decided to have now versus what you had before is an intentional Christian marriage. Mm-hmm. So you're not just an intentional Christian woman, but you're also an intentional Christian wife. And mm-hmm. I thought that was important to note. And the thing I wanted to ask you was, uh, see, for me, it was difficult because my husband was an unbeliever. And even now we are really in two different places in our faith. So for me to be like, let's pray together, let's you know, do a Bible study. It's not something he's into. It's Mm -hmm. just, you know, and okay. So, but for me, I'm like you said, my relationship with God is going to stay strong and stay the same and grow regardless. So I'm, I can't be worried about anybody else, but I do know that there's a lot of listeners out there whose husbands do have a strong relationship with God and they would like to see some of that more. And what I, try to warn them is let's, okay, if you want to do that, but that's not like, it's how you do it is is important. You know, don't nag him, don't push him. So I guess my next question for you is, how can that wife have an intentional Christian marriage without nagging him, right? To do the prayer and the Bible study and all that, how does that look like for you practically? Well, it's so, that's a good
1: question, Beatrice. It's so interesting because My husband and I, we both love God with a passion. However, we both have, for example, we both have a little bit of, of, it's become a little more common now, more common interest now, but when we first got married, it was less common interest. So my strength was prayer and his strength was Bible study. And I wanted to pray more. And he was like, cool, like he'll pray, but like he was more into like studying his word and he he also just to give you a little context he's context he just finished his master's in theology so he's extremely you know really interested in the word of God and, and here God willing next year he'll pursue his doctorate so understand that this is the this is my husband that's where he's at but so for me prayer was so key so more I think it was stronger even now than what it is Bible Bible study is probably stronger than prayer now it kind of switched it's so funny but what I remember doing most of that time I would. Have an inner sort of critic inside about, like, not that I was critical about him studying his Bible, because I also study my Bible, but I was like, why don't you like love prayer like I do? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I didn't say that to him, but that's the kind of attitude I had in my heart. And so at first, I would say, I don't know if nagging is the word, but maybe you can say that's the word. <laughs> at first, when we first got married, I was like, well, we should have a schedule. And why don't we have a schedule to pray? And you know, he's like, okay, you know, we'll do a schedule because he's just so patient. Praise God for him. Mm. But he can only take so much like most husbands. (laughs) Okay. So after a while, I realized, you know what, I'm not gonna Let, let me let's just have so him and I what we do now is we have planning times together where we get to bring up all kinds of topics from not just what we're going to do that week, what he has in plan, what I have in plan with the kids or outside of the kids or whatever the case, or we plan our dates and all that stuff or our ministry things. But we also have time where we speak about any concerns or anything we want to adjust because something's not working. And we recently had one of those talks and we actually met with our mentors about it. I think that's another thing too, is that it's, it's good and important to have a mentor, older couple in your life, if you can have it, because it is such a blessing and so good. But with their help and, and our communication, now we do bring that to the table, on usually on Sundays when we when we plan. If there's something that was bothering me, like for example, we didn't spend quality time together or, hey, we haven't read our Bible lately together. And that was one that recently I brought up. Because now I love to read my Bible even more. And so he was like, you know what? He did at the moment. He was like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. But then like one day, all of a sudden we were having our Sabbath because now we practice monthly Sabbaths. So he's like, hey, why don't we read the Bible together today? And I'm like, oh, okay." Like, like I stopped like insisting just kind of like with prayer, like when I was insisting, insisting, he's like, "Okay, okay, okay, let's do it. But now I just kind of brought it up. You know, I'd like to do this and I'd like to do that. I'd love to see us read the Bible more together. I'd love to have us pray a little bit more, maybe a little more formally together instead of saying more like, why don't we, why don't we bringing it more on to a session where you're planning it so that it's not a surprise where you can actually, that would be a strategy. I think that you can actually say, hey, let's have a planning time together. If you don't have one where we just can talk about, hey, what's good for you? What's good for me and what's good for all of us? But then also, can we also bring up things that are maybe um, concerning us or bothering us and pray before? Very important. Always pray before those meetings. Super important. You have no idea because the few times we did not pray because we were just trying to rush it. There's always conflicts in those meetings. So we pray and then there's rarely a conflict in the meetings. So I think those are the things that I can advise. Say it in a way of a suggestion and you know bring it up every now and again but not like as a nagging way but more like a hey you know I would love this you know I would feel like it would unite us more I feel like this would really connect us more make it about us but also put it in intentional planning time and bring up those concerns and those things both of you not just you know you as as a wife but that you can both have that safe space where you can talk about any concerns or things like that where you want to bring up and maybe put into your week or put maybe start a new routine or something like that, that can help you in your marriage or in your relationship. with that, Those are my suggestions.
0: I love that. Thank you. And uh, it's so funny because I'm listening to you and I'm like, oh, I'm hearing these pieces that I want to pull out for the listener because I can hear somebody tell me like a great thing like that and then walk away five minutes later and I'm like, oh my gosh, she said all these great things. What, what were they? So, I wanted to recap because a couple of the things I think that you said were super important. One, you talked about having a planning meeting where the both of you get to sit down and really have input in what you guys are gonna do, whether that be your goals or whatever and the what reason why I wanted to bring it up is because this has come up as a from so many different places out externally in my life. this has come up as one of those great tips. And I remember in the beginning I was like, "Oh my gosh, there's no way my husband is I'm never going to get him to sit down and have some sort of planning meeting." And now he's all about it. Like now I literally, it after this podcast, we have a planning meeting. Awesome. And I tell him, I'm like, <laughs> "Just put it on the calendar, babe." Like, yeah. Because <laughs> he'll have all these things in his head that he wants to talk about, and then, you know, I'm in the middle of something and then he comes in and interrupts me because he wants to know about all this, this, you know, stuff, whatever it may be. Sometimes it's finances. Sometimes it's what are we doing with the kids? What's our plan for this, that, the other? It's always something different. Um, and the idea that we can just say, no, you know what? At at this time, you know, we have a shared calendar at this time. Well, me and yeah, every, everything else is off. You have my full attention. And we'll talk about all those things. And like you said, you pray before it. And it just helps moving on. There's so much less conflict because it's less contentious. So I thought that was a really important point that you made. The other important point that you made, and you said it in several different ways, and I want to give the listener the actual formula for what you said, because again, this is something that has come up on my show many, many times. You said what you did wrong was be like, well, why don't you pray more? Because what that is, is turning it on him. It's almost like making him to be the bad guy because he's not praying. That language puts him in a place of defensive. And, you know, you've already said I mean, there's so many amazing things about your husband. there's no reason to put him in the defensive. And so what I heard is that when you changed your language to, "I would love," right? This would be really awesome. All of a sudden, what we do is we make space for our husbands to lead. Right to to Mm -hmm. take their leadership role in the house and say, wow, my wife says that she would love this. Let me try to provide that for her. Because if you're married to a good man, and I know that most of my listeners are, they're married to a good man. He loves her and he means well. And he wants the best for you and your family. And a lot of times the problem is and not even, I don't want to say like the problem is us, but the problem is that we don't realize that what we're communicating when we say things a certain way. So by just shifting that language, instead of being like, why don't you, to I would love, because then you've just, you shifted it back to yourself. You've named something that you would really like. You've now given him the opportunity to provide you with that thing that you would like. And then another thing that you said is, you know, I feel Which again is another formula that I have um, for communication when I talk uh, to my clients. Because if we say I feel this, okay, this is is something you feel. Now he might be like, well, you shouldn't feel that way. But the truth is, he can't take away your feeling. So I feel this. You know, I feel like this would be helpful for us. It's uh, again, what it's doing is is shifting it to you. It's shifting it to something that you would really want. It's taking all the angst and all the like yucky stuff away from him and then really opening up the conversation for this beautiful thing where now what did he do he stepped up and did the thing and the third thing that I noticed that you did in in this story that you gave me was that you were open to suggestion you were open to learning and being open to someone else's interests and learning shows uh, great humility and love. So you didn't go into that being like, well, I still think we need to pray more. You went in being like, well, my husband loves me. He loves the Lord. He's a smart man. He really values Bible study. Let's see what's up with this Bible study thing. Maybe there is something to it. Just because I haven't done it very much before and I focus my time on prayer doesn't mean that there is anything wrong with it right? And so by you being open to that, if you found a way for the two of you to connect, and that doesn't mean that you stop your prayer life. It just means that you have now been able to open up yourself to something else and add another layer to your relationship with God that maybe wasn't there before. And that is the part of the story that I thought was so beautiful. Because scientifically, John Gottman, who has a, a whole theory on marriage and marriages that divorce and stay together or whatever, one of the things that he says is that one of the greatest predictors for a happy marriage is one where the couple can be open to influence from each other. It's usually the man who doesn't want to be like influenced at all by his wife. But typically, as a married couple, because you said, we get married, we become one. So if we can be open to influence by each other, the good influence, right? We don't want to be Mm -hmm. open to any sinful influences. But if we can be open to their good influences, that creates such a lasting bond because that's just true humility and going in there and saying, wow, I see you and I'm willing to make changes in me Mm -hmm. that more closely align to the good things in you. And it's such a beautiful thing. And that was such a beautiful example that you gave for us of how you did that without even realizing it. Right. You didn't even realize that there's a whole scientific study behind that. Yeah. Uh, right. Like I didn't that's, even that's realize. That's pretty cool. Beautiful. <laughs> like I found for me in my own marriage, um, so I had said earlier, I've been recently diagnosed with ADHD. And uh, once the ADHD diagnosis came, I realized, oh, my word there are so many of the fights that I have had with my husband over the years. We probably would never would have gotten separated if it wasn't for this ADHD. Like it has been the source of so many of our fights. Hmm. And one of the things that I notice even in myself is in the ways that I have allowed his influence into my life, his good influence, because my husband is organized. He's got everything together. He is on time. His executive functioning is on point. He is Really, a true leader in that regard, and in many ways, in my household, I have allowed that to influence me, and and even by uh, uh, making tricks for myself, like mental tricks. Okay, he does this thing, so he never loses his keys. I'm going to follow suit, and guess what? I stop losing my keys. Oh, right, that's awesome. But it's just like <laughs> things like that that were amazing. And so, again, the example is for the listener just to understand that. When we can look at the goodness in our husband and when we can allow that goodness to influence us in a way, it's a gift to him, a beautiful gift to him. Uh, And obviously we would love for him to to take some of our own influences, (laughs) Um, but it's just, it it just becomes such a, a beautiful gift. And I think that has been, that kind of wraps up this conversation um, in such a way. And, you know, I had a thought like I was going to take the episode somewhere in a different direction, but I really love um, kind of how this rounds it out. And I think it became a a really organic and beautiful thing where um, really we could just, just talking to the wives about, here's a conversation from the intentional Christian woman. And here is her giving us tips on how we can have an intentional Christian marriage. And I thought that was just so beautiful. So I thank you so much for your time and your wisdom in that. And before we wrap, we're going to ask you two things. One, is there anything else maybe that uh, came up for you, or that we touched on or talked about, that you want to say, that you want to leave them with before we go?
1: One of the things that I want to emphasize to your listeners is that Christ is our husband first. And when God had this big plan of obviously sending his son down to be an example for us, to teach us, and for us to be his disciples, his students, and then he died for our sins and was resurrected. And then beyond that, he left us words of wisdom, which is all basically in the Bible, for us to be able to listen to God guide us in our everyday. So what I want to say is this, the Bible is an amazing guide for you. The Bible is the Word of God. And surely that is the way that God speaks, the main way, right? Because I know we have Holy Spirit also speaking to us as well. And other people give us great advice through the Holy Spirit as well. But the, the primary way where you can hear from God every day is the Word, but ultimately the goal is to connect with God like you want to connect with your husband, but even on a greater level because God is your most important relationship. He is your most important relationship he's my most important relationship. Make sure that you find a little time every day is my tip and my advice to connect with him and I am Happy to share with you ways of doing that when you have different seasons of your life, because I've been through all of them. (laughs) I think almost all of them. So I'm here for you if you need help with that. But I just want you to know that connecting with God is the key. So even in prayer, connected with him, much like you want to connect with your spouse and you want your spouse to feel your, your husband to feel connected to you just see it that way see your relationship with god as a way to really connect as your most important relationship and understand that the bible is really i mean it's 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 literally free it's on your phone it's everywhere like you can literally just look at one scripture a day like whatever you have to do to connect with him do it that is my i think my what i want to leave you with um and coming back to jesus you know being the head of the church We are his bride. Jesus is our husband and we are his bride. Let's be a good bride. (laughs) That's what I wanted to leave you with.
0: Yes, I love that. What I heard was the beautiful thing when you said that it's about connecting with God, right? It's not just like reading your verse of the day and like, okay, you checked up a box. It's about that connection. And what I heard, especially as it relates to marriages, is building an intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. Like that is the way that you build an intimacy with God, just like you want to build intimacy in, in your marriage with your husband, um, like relational, emotional intimacy with your husband is I, I find one of the most important things that we could do. Um, taking that time, that closeness, that's really that's what we're talking about. That's the key is what I what I yeah, heard. Yeah. Absolutely. Love that. OK, let my listeners know where can they hear more about you? Where can they find out all about all the amazing things that you offer, and talk to us.
1: All right. So first of all, you'll get a lot of free goodies on the podcast because I give a lot of stuff away, a lot of methods, a lot of things away in there. So you can find me on the IntentionalChristianWoman.com podcast and anywhere you love to hear your, your podcast. And also go to the IntentionalChristianWoman.com where you can actually Grab a free 10-minute discovery session with me if you want to find out more about how I can help you. Or if you're ready to jump right in and take back your time with God, we'll have a strategy session. Go to the same website. You can book a call with me there. I also have a free gift to give to you that I just updated on on, on my site. So you can just, um, I, I know that uh, Beatrice will have it right in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, But basically, you can click on that link and you'll get a free 30 days of proverbial affirmations and prayers. And they're just 30 days of Proverbs with a with a key uh, prayer guide for that week. And it's just phenomenal. I've actually had it in my Facebook community and some of the women joined me in a 30 day Proverbs uh, challenge. So we use those scriptures. But um, also, if you're interested in joining my community, uh, you can do so by going to bit.ly. That's bit.ly slash Let's Be Intentional. It's a free community on Facebook. So it's supposed to be for women who have that goal of having intentional Bible study. So And it's called Intentional Bible Study for Christian Women. So you're free to join us there in our community.
0: I love that. Thank you so much. I love you guys. And until next week. Hey love, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you found any value in it, any teaching, any transformation, I encourage you to share it with a friend. Click the link, go ahead and share it with a friend, text it to somebody, share it on Instagram, tag me at Wife any of those things or maybe even write a review. All those things are really the best way that you can thank me and it helps the show to get found by other amazing women just like you. I love you and I'll see you on Tuesday for another episode of The Grace Fueled Wife.